This is Alex. I'm from Boston. Hello, this is Jackie, and I'm from Houston. Hey, this is Rahul from Stanford. And we are the Premier Chefs. Welcome back, guys, to the Premier Chels, and it is a great week to talk about Chelsea. Rahul, Potter's spell continues. How's that for an intro, my friend? See, you're being a little bit funny there with these things there, but I think it's a good way to segue into maybe Wolves, start right over there and see how the spell started or maybe midway at that point because it's three wins on the bounce my friend yeah it's been it's been refreshing to see what we've been seeing from our team the last few weeks um we went into the international break obviously with that draw in the champions league and uh, didn't really know what to expect but i think we've come back crystal palace away win milan at home win wolves at home win and now again uh milan away win and and no goals conceded in the last three and it just feels like we're getting our Chelsea back. We're seeing our attacking players enjoying themselves. We're seeing our defending players enjoying themselves. We're seeing Kepa keeping clean sheets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it doesn't really get much better than than it is right now. Yeah, I don't want to jinx it, but I think you've said it really, really well. The attacking players scoring and getting onto the final passes and maybe a little more creativity as well is probably the most important thing at this point. Do you want to quickly touch on Wolves before we jump into the Milan away game, because I think that's where we have the most to dissect. Yeah, yeah. So Wolves at home was going to be a tricky game because they didn't they don't have a manager, Diego Costa, coming back. Um, and we had a, a crucial game against Milan earlier in the week. So uh, Potter made seven changes, which was surprising because uh, you know it's a busy period, but you're not expecting that many changes. Some of them for, some of them with the eye ahead. Uh, and so Chaloba comes in, Kulabali comes in. Uh, Connor Gallagher starts as part of uh, three behind Kai Havertz, who played a striker. Pulisic, uh, American fans as well as us, obviously, we're happy to see him. Uh, so overall, seven changes, a little bit nervous. But, Jackie, I got to give credit to the seven guys, but also to Potter for maintaining the intensity and getting these seven guys to play exactly like the guys they'd come in for and not dropping the standard. Yeah, and Rahul, I think let's talk about rotation. I don't think in Tuchel's era, I remember seeing that many players rotated in back-to-back games. And I could be wrong. You could look up a stat here and tell me that, Jackie, you're completely off. But the point I'm trying to make is that many players rotated and keeping the performance levels that they did, it was just wonderful to see. And like I said earlier, the spell might continue from here. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly off to a great start. And uh, this is how you win players over, right? We were we were dissecting when he first came in, how the player's going to react to a manager that mm-hmm. hasn't really won much, but you get them to play the right way, you get them to enjoy themselves, and as the results start going, players start buying into the, the philosophy. And I think he's doing a good job, not just with the senior players, but with the younger guys, and in, in blending it up, mixing it up, keeping them all happy. Of course, it's only four games in the last uh, about two weeks, so... Uh, things can always change and go south for Chelsea. But let's not focus on that right now. Let's focus on on the game. So I think the Wolves game took a little bit time for us to kind of settle in. Uh, Wolves were also trying to settle in. Diego Costa trying to get involved. But I think I have to point out Espelicueta in that first half, Connor Gallagher in that first half, Loftus-Cheek. I mean, everyone had a good game. We obviously get the goal towards the end, but 
Um, those two, especially Aspie and Gallagher, I think stood out for me because Aspie was turned into Reese James really with with his attacking uh, intent. And Gallagher, Jackie, I think we've spoken about him, but the turnaround and as he's progressed yep. and, and maybe it's just playing in a different position where he's not required to be in a pivot uh, and allowed a little bit more freedom to go back and forth as a box-to-box. He's coming into his own and it's great to see because you have Mount and Gallagher who bring a lot of energy to the side uh, and they can almost interchangeably do it like they did in Milan. But I think first half was the perfect end with the goal because it gives you belief going into the second one. Yeah, and just to touch on Aspilicueta, Rahul, I think a lot of people will talk about him aging and maybe not being at the pace of Reese James. The rotation might actually do Aspilicueta a world of good. You know, under Thomas Tuchel, he would play more as a center back, and so you're not going to see him necessarily have to use his engine as much and get up and down the line. If he's required to play understudy to Reese James, and that's a little bit disrespectful to Aspilicueta given all he's achieved, but... He's at a point where Reese James is just phenomenal. And if he is understudy, if you're not playing week in, week out, and when you're called upon, maybe your legs are fresher. Maybe you have a little more energy in the tank and you can do this a little bit more at the age of 32, 33. And for me personally, it, it's looking like perfect sense that they gave him a two-year contract because he is the perfect backup to Reese James as Reese continues to flourish. But you have somebody who is, I hate to say this, but he is Mr. Chelsea since John Terry left. And he knows the club in and out. He represents us really well. And even we'll talk about Milan, but when they're scoring and he's on the bench, he's applauding from the sideline and warming up. And so absolutely happy for him. But coming back to the guys you mentioned, Mount, Gallagher, we have a little issue in the in the middle of the park with Kante and Jorginho running out of contract. If these guys continue to do what they're doing, Rahul, it might be a good, easy transition. And it's never easy to fill the boots of those two guys. But having youngsters from Chelsea performing to that level it leaves me excited for the future my friend yeah and, and that's a great point because i was looking at the last few weeks but particularly those two games and you look around and you see chaloba Loftus cheek gallagher mount four academy guys who who played in that game particularly in the wolves game and then reese james came in towards the end and you're saying don't hear anyone talking about chelsea not bringing players through anymore because we suddenly had this flourish of players come through and all of them perform, all of them contribute, all of them are at the international world-class level. Uh, and it's good to see because for the longest time, for, as Chelsea fans, we always were told, well, you always just buy the best players and you don't really bring anyone through. Well, we're bringing everyone through at this point uh, and everyone's getting a chance and they're performing, which is which is key because we've seen players in the past come in, get a chance, fall out, managers change. But now we've seen Lampard, Tuchel and Potter continue to play some of these guys and the last name you forgot to mention there armando broja that's true (laughs) yeah to another academy product who actually gets his first senior chelsea goal i mean you have been talking about him i've been talking about him a lot of chelsea fans have been pushing for him to get his chance he's had cameos here and there rahul he's looked amazing whenever he's come on wonderful finish and well rewarded to cap off a wonderful display for the day yeah, he's he's always looked hungry, and and that didn't change in this game. But uh, what impressed me is his ability to take that defender on, yep. cut back, and then shot power and place it pretty yeah. accurately into that corner. I mean, I know one of the accounts on Instagram kind of made a, a transition of Costa doing something similar, but then it transitions over to uh, Armando finishing. 
but he's got the attributes. He's got the physicality. He's got the finish. We saw that last year at Southampton. So I'm excited to see him. I know he's number three right now in the pecking order behind Aubameyang and Havertz. But, hey, when you get your chance and you continue to score like that, you're going to force your way up that up that ladder. And, and uh, it's great for him. But I think we forgot to talk about one man in between, which was Christian Pulisic, who mm. has divide, divides a lot of um, Chelsea fans, U.S. men's national team fans. But I think for you and me, Jackie, we've always said earlier this season, especially... Mount, not, Mount's not working out. Havertz not working out. Play Pulisic. Play Pulisic. We see Pulisic in this game. Maybe the good and the bad, but you can't expect a man who's been sitting on the bench for weeks to come in and just turn it on. But, hey, great finish to get that goal. And Mason Mount with the perfect pass. And when he scores, you can see the relief in him, but also Mount runs up to him. Aspilicueta runs up to Basically, the whole squad runs up to him. Because they know he's been through a tough time and they they appreciate what he's gone through and what he's provided, which is great. Now, it's up to him to continue this form when given the chance and hopefully he gets a chance uh, in the next week or so. Yeah, and just a short word on that, Rahul. I think you said it well. You see the good and the bad of Christian Pulisic. He tends to float out of the game sometimes and you wonder when he's there. But boy, when he's there, he shows us he's got the talent. And you and I have said that for a long time. So, Christian, if you're listening... Do what you're doing. Put your head down. Work hard because we know we've supported you from day one. Alex, who's on an extended sabbatical right now, having <laughs> fun, but he's been your biggest fan and we know what you bring to the table. And so absolutely hoping that he gets a few more minutes and when he does, just takes those opportunities to come through. But uh, enough about Wolves because we'll talk about one more player here in a minute. But should we talk about AC Milan? We had a lot of discussion after beating them uh, at home. We were going to the San Siro and... Honestly, I was pretty positive that we could win again, Rahul, but a lot of the fans started to get a little negative, a little bit of worry about, can Chelsea do it on the road? Can they go beat AC Milan? Let's talk about the game, my friend. Why don't you take us through the starting 11? Yeah, I mean, I was I was one of them. I predicted a draw, but <laughs> I was I was proven wrong and I was fine. But Espelicueta continues. Uh, sorry, I beg your pardon. Kepa continues. Um in goal, and we've got to talk about him yep. uh, over the course of this this game. Chalaba, Thiago Silva, and Koulibaly continue in a back three. So we're already seeing Potter kind of moving things around and shifting from game to game, which is good. Uh, Reese James comes in, Kovacic, Jorginho, Chilwell in that four, uh, and then a front three of Mount Aubameyang and Raheem Sterling. So wonderful to see the rotation. I think a big complaint under Thomas Tuchel was it didn't matter who we were playing, what their lineup was who they were going to put on the right who they're going to put on the left it was kind of the same 11-ish I say the ish because he would rotate a couple in the front but the formation would never change the tactics would never change so I agree with you it's it's refreshing maybe and again it's early days so I don't want to get off of this and go excited but refreshing to see the rotation of players and refreshing to see the hybrid formations and we'll we'll break that down a little bit later but hybrid formations that he's able to kind of bring into the mix yeah, it, it is refreshing, but I also think he has a good base where these guys know how to play the back three, know how to play the wing back system. Of course, there's subtle tweaks along the way that allow you to maybe transition a little bit better and faster into attack. But uh, when I look at this squad that we've just looked at, Thiago Silva won the Champions League with us, uh, James, Chilwell, Jorginho Kovacic, Mount. So the base is very heavily influenced by what Tuchel was doing. But again, not, not taking anything away from Graham Potter because he's 
he's getting them to switch from game to game between four, three, whatever it is, you know, midfield four, midfield three, two. Uh, and it's understanding what is required game to game. It's not like this is it. This is what we play and, and we win and lose by it, uh, which is, I think, something we kind of towards the end of Tupel's reign, we're, we're asking, go for, go do yeah, something yeah. different. So I think it's good and it's refreshing. And and I, like I said, I think the tweaks are even more refreshing because you don't see Jorginho or coaches continuously go out wide. as more of a maybe central uh, attacking uh, influence, which is good. Yeah, and, and honestly, Rahul, I'm not a football coach. I'm not even a professional football player, but maybe it keeps these guys guessing. What do I have to do this week? Am I a right back? Am I a right wing back? Are we playing with the three? Are we playing with the pivot? Are we playing with one striker, two strikers? Maybe it keeps them mentally focused more than anything. I think we've always said Chelsea players and the squad that we have now is, on paper, a very talented squad. As to if you can get the best out of them, do they lose focus? Do they get lazy? And maybe this is just another tactic. We know that he has, Graham Potter, that is, has an emotional uh, degree of sorts that helps him kind of understand players' emotional intelligence. So hopefully this is something that adds to it. But let's jump right into that first half. Milan came out to play. I think they wanted to prove a point. We were seeing the likes of Giroud and Tamori really getting their foot on the ball, helping control the match. For the first 10, 15 minutes, I have to be honest, they looked like the better side probably. And you you expected that, right? You you knew going away, especially the way we beat them last week, uh, that they were going to come out fighting. They, they obviously made some tweaks to their lineup to have some more influence in midfield. Uh, but again, they also had serious injuries, so they weren't they were limited by who they could play. Uh, but again, they started off pretty well. Uh, Tamori had said we were going to see the real Milan in this game. Um, but sometimes you have to do your talking on the pitch versus off the pitch. Um, look, I, I rate him, and I know you and I have spoken over the course of the week about uh, Tamori and you know how it didn't work out at Chelsea, why it didn't work out. But I rate him. I think over the course of these two games, he's, the occasion just got too big. He made in, in yeah. his head about playing his former team. Uh, I don't know if that was a red card and I'd like to get your opinion. Yeah, so let's let's talk about the moment, right? They were be- the better time team we've agreed for the first 15 or so minutes. Uh Reese James kind of the hidden hope and pray that Reese James does something seems to still <laughs> linger on, but the ball makes it out to Reese James and Rahul, I think for somebody who we call a right back or right wing back, he's got the intelligence, the vision and maybe even the pinpoint accuracy of a Cesc Fabregas, dare I say to find Mason Mount with a through ball that just splits the Milan defense. Mason Mount is through on goal. He's got past, in this case, Tamori. And by the letter of the law, at this point, he's quote-unquote one-on-one with the goalkeeper. And behind him is Tamori, who eventually puts his arm on his shoulder, maybe drags him back. And big credit to Mason Mount, by the way, because he just kept running and pushing forward. Tamori takes another bite at him. And by bite, I don't mean Luis Suarez style. That's definitely not what we expect over here. But he grabs him again and gives him a little tug. And again, Mason stays on his feet and tries to kick the ball in. At this point, I think he falls to the ground. The referee blows the whistle, Rahul. And I'm I'm half expecting a penalty. But then the red card comes out immediately. And, and then I was kind of in two minds. So I'll pause here for a second and say... I don't know if in the Premier League that would be a red card, but what are your thoughts on that whole r- lineup that I just gave? Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's smart of, of our players and it's smart of Mason Mount to get in behind and, and 
gain an advantage on Tamori and know that he's going to be forced to do something in that situation. Uh, again, I'd like a, I like that you pointed out. Mount, a lot of players would have said, you know what? I got pulled once. I got pulled twice. I'm going down. This is it. I'm in the box. I'm going to get a penalty. What else do I want? Mott doesn't do that. And and maybe that's out of respect for his friend, who's Tamori. That's out of respect for himself as a professional to not take the dive. Uh, but ultimately, it is a foul, right? Um, I think it's... If it's outside the box, it's given. Anyway, any any time. Um, I'm not sure about the red card, but I think the law says it is a red card. So yeah. if that's the case, that's the case. But I have also seen, like you said, in the Premier League, them not given because the yep. goalie's there and, and yep. Mason Mount may not get to it. He gets to it. It's saved. Um, ultimately, it's given and I'll take the advantage. Hey, we're, we needed the, the advantage and we needed the points, so I'll take it. But I can see why Tomori and Milan feel hard done by. No, look, as a Chelsea fan, I'll absolutely take it because not only does that put us one nail up, it gives us a little bit of an advantage. But as a football fan, I kind of wonder if that ruins the game a little bit. And as an ex-Chelsea player in Tamori, it kind of hurts a little bit because we were all rooting for him and we want him to do well. And this doesn't take away from that. I don't mean to say that. Tamori has had a fantastic season, probably one of the best defenders, if not the best defender last year in, in Italy. And he's got his England call up and he's week in, week out playing and just developing. It's just a little disappointing because, you know, he wanted to show on the big stage what he can bring to the table and maybe show Chelsea what they were missing out. We had to go buy Fofana for 70-odd million. We had to go buy... Kudabali for 40 odd million you wonder if he was around would we be spending on one or even both maybe he could fill big shoes but um, the referee set the tone pretty early on with a lot of yellow cards and so he stuck to his guns I don't want to dissect it too much as a Chelsea fan if it was the reverse side I think this would be a whole episode about why the referee is crazy <laughs> but as as a Chelsea fan in this case it, it goes against us against Milan I apologize and so it works out nicely but um, J5 steps up, Rahul. Did you have any doubt that he was going to put it away? Slightly, I did. <laughs> uh, more, what's, more... The, what's the thinking behind that? What's your, what, your hesitation with J5? Well, because it's not the hesitation, right? Sometimes these things just tend to cancel themselves out. Yeah. And so I was like, well, maybe Milan shouldn't have gone a red and maybe we miss it and then it evens things out and obviously the red card doesn't get overturned. But I know it wasn't AC Milan's first choice goalie. I know Jorginho back in Italy against Milan had the motivation, the drive to kind of stick it back to them. Um, but I still had the little hesitation. But once it went in, I was I was pretty relieved. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was I was not worried at all that J five stepped up and would put it away. I think he's pretty confident with his penalties. And there was a little stat somewhere that he scored all his goals off of penalties, and there was a good amount of goals that he scored for Napoli and Chelsea, and he's done very, very well as as a penalty taker. But uh, that puts us 1-0 up, and I think with the red card, we should be in control. But Rahul, who else but Olivier Giroud to send a scare down your spine, a shiver down your spine with a wonderful header, but it just doesn't work out for him. It, I mean, he, on another day, that goes in. So, see, this, this is where I've been thinking when it's going for you, it's really going for you, right? Like is, things, yeah. little things like the red card, Giroud missing, but maybe a week or even two weeks or a month ago, it goes the other way and it's 1-1 all of a sudden and it's it's maybe not a red card. So uh, things are going well. Potter's spell magic is 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 working in our favor. <laughs> um, but hey, on a different day, Giroud buries that and, and 
brings them back into the game, but it wasn't to be. So I want to pause here and talk about Kepa for a couple of minutes. I think we've neglected to talk about the first 15 minutes when Milan were doing very well and he was our shot stopper. But also the way he plays with an air of confidence and playing out from the back with the ball at his feet. What can you tell me about this new found confidence that Kepa has for us? It's, I think it's, comes down to Potter a little bit because yes, we knew Mendy was having issues. I think the overall situation was helped between Potter and, and Keppa and Mendy by the fact that Mendy was injured when he first came in. So he didn't really have a choice. He had to go with yeah. Keppa. Keppa has stepped up. We've seen him make good saves. We've seen him be influential. Like you said, play out from the back, which Mendy does tend to struggle with a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's just kind of working out in the favor that Keppa is building his confidence game by game, making good saves, feeling like he can contribute to the team beyond uh, playing out from the back. And and I think that's good for him because we know he's heavily reliant on on the confidence, on, on how he feels. We've seen him, was it two seasons ago, maybe three seasons ago under Lampard, be in and out. Eventually Lampard says, not my guy, I want Mendy. That hurts your confidence, Jackie. Yep. That's that's like your boss telling you, you know what? Actually, I'm going to bring someone else in to do your job because I don't think you're the right person, and, and that hurts you. So I think he's he's matured. He's 28. I think I said this on an episode with Ben a few weeks ago. He's now getting into his kind of start of his prime as a goalie, yeah, and, and yeah. he has a long way to go. I mean, he may play another 10, 12 years yep. um, as a goalkeeper. So. It's good for him. It's good for us because we spent a lot of money. I think for a long time, you and I said, well, I think we just have to cut our losses. But on this form right now, we may actually, if we do end up doing something like that, I hope not because having Mendy and Kepa kind of works out. Yep. We've had two good players, to uh, goalies. But we're seeing his value come back up, which is good for him and us. Okay. And we make this little joke, right, Rahul? When, when Kepa was at his best form, when we first signed him, he was in a stable, happy relationship, right? I see you chuckling there because we've had this discussion. <laughs> and unfortunately, when he went into the worst part of his form, that stable, happy relationship, from what we hear, ended. He starts playing a little more under Tuchel and he's in the second choice. But anytime he's called upon, he's doing well. And we find, come to find out he's in another stable, happy relationship. And we go, awesome. You know, there's <laughs> some there's some correlation here, but who knows? Now I think you tell me he's engaged and ready to get married and he's in the form of his life. And so I wonder if this young man is ready to have a marriage in the next few months here, we might have the world's best goalkeeper in a few weeks here. Look, I, I'm trying to be funny here, right? I'm, I'm making a joke, but it comes down to your mental state is what I'm, I'm trying to say. There, there's a lot of things that happen off the pitch that affect how you perform on the pitch. We've seen this many a time. In fact, there were a lot of rumors about Thomas Tuchel's performance as a coach going down due to personal issues that happened off the pitch. Of course, we know a lot about the stuff that happened with the club, but also in his personal life. So hopefully this is some stability for Kepa. Hopefully this is a chance for him. And look, if you're a Mendy, you need to step up. You need to be the Mendy that won us the Champions League. You need to go in and maybe improve your footwork, whatever Potts is looking for. But I'm very excited to have two top goalkeepers that are in their end we have 60-odd games to play, Rahul. Mendy will get his chance to come back into the lineup. And it's obviously now down to Mendy to kind of play the role Kepa has played for the last two seasons and say, 
every time I get the opportunity, I need to make the most of it. And I think he will get an opportunity here in the next couple of weeks because we are playing midweek and weekend here on until the World Cup break. So uh, I do expect Mendy to come back in, and that's where I expect him to step up and put whatever issue he was having earlier this season behind him. Absolutely. So we segued from the game to the goalkeepers. So from one end to the other end, let's segue into our strikers. We are now one nail up. Milan have 10 men in the 33rd minute. Mason Mount to Aubameyang. Aubameyang to Kovacic. Kovacic to Mason Mount. Mason Mount back to Sterling. But it finds its way to Aubameyang and boom, it is a wonderful finish. Rahul, let me know your feelings about that build up and the goal. I mean, the build-up, we've seen many a times. <laughs> we've been great at the build-up as a, as, a, as a team. I think it's the finish where we've been lacking. Uh, and for the fact that Aubameyang makes that run back in, Sterling's going through it and he says, you know, no, no, it's mine. <laughs> I think that's what we've been missing to see as, as a club, as a number nine, as someone that we say is on forward, someone who understands where that ball's going to go. Mm-hmm. Inter- intercepts it, reads it, and goes and finishes it, which is, I think, key. And so now we've seen him score against Crystal Palace. We've seen him score the week before against Milan, and again here uh, against Milan. And and it's just satisfying, Jackie. I think for the longest time we've said number nine curse, we've said big attackers failing. And look, again, we're only early days. month into his his Chelsea career. But he seems hungry to succeed mm-hmm. here. Yes, at 33, 34, he seems hungry because he knows that he's in the Champions League. He hasn't played in this competition for five, <laughs> six years. And this is, I'm not trying to banter Arsenal at, at, in this case because it's just the situation he was in there. He just didn't play it. He went to yeah. Barcelona. They were in the Europa League. He's finally in this competition. He could, and he's not really won that many trophies in his career. So he could potentially put himself in a position where, he retires or he calls an end to his career with the Champions League medal like Giroud did with, with Chelsea. Uh, but I, all, all I'm trying to say is he seems like he wants this to succeed. He's invested in in praising Reese James, Mason Mount, working with the squad. The first player to run up to Jorginho after scoring was Aubameyang. And so he's slowly kind of turning himself from the, the red side of, of London to the blue side. And his family is fully invested. Let me add yeah. to that. They wear Chelsea jerseys on the regular. <laughs> uh, our mega store must be just selling jerseys for fun to the Aubameyang family. But hey, jokes aside, I think him and his family are fully invested in this being a success. And that's great because that reflects on the pitch. Listen, I think Potter's spell has continued far beyond just the team and the players. I think it's reached you and I. Because <laughs> if Obama, Yang and Potter win a Champions League this season, that spell, I tell you, is a mighty powerful one. But Look, it's an episode of segues, and we're segueing onto a number nine here to talk about him for a few minutes, because when's the last time you had a number nine? And, and number nine is just a generic term, right? A focal point of a striker that you feel you could depend on. We've always thought we had it with Morata. We had it with Higuain. We had it with, in the most recent case, Lukaku, where with the buildup, there is a gentleman at the end of that buildup that smashes it home for the lack of a better term and the few goals that we've seen for Obama Yang I'm not going to get excited I'm just going to dissect how his brain works and how the finishes are they're split second they're not many touches they're poachers goals they're somebody who knows where the net is 
hit it hard, hit it low. And from there, whatever happens, we'll deal with the situation. And more often than not, it's working, right? He's got one that he's poached against a good, a good swivel. He's got one from just being in the right place from across. And now one from, I started the move, make a quick run into the box, and hopefully it makes it and just get on the end of it. So the point I'm trying to make is a number nine makes a huge difference if and when they get the service, which in fairness with Lukaku, there was service. But two, do you have the mental awareness and the confidence just to be there to finish it? That's all we need. And maybe it's a segue to talk about Mbappe for a quick second here, Rahul, about players that need to be in the center forward position to finish. I've heard some news going on about him, about not wanting to be the center forward. Yeah, he's, man, the drama <laughs> that comes with that guy. You sign a new contract over the summer. You're basically running the club, as they say, behind the scenes. Uh, you've told them you want Neymar out. You want to be the guy who plays at the left. I, to PSG's credit, from what we've heard and read, they did try. They did try to bring in a center forward that would play in that position, and Mbappe could fall back on the left side. It didn't work out. Ultimately, you're playing with Neymar and Messi. There's a million, billion players that would say, yeah, I'll I'll deal with that <laughs> to to have those two feeding me and me scoring the goal and bumping up my my goals for as a career. But hey, well, the flip side is if promises were made and they're not being delivered on, of course, it's only been two months into the season, three months at the most. So you got to give it a little bit more time if you sign the three, four year contract. But he's, he, you know, and someone, I think one, maybe on ESPN or, or um, SiriusXM made a point that it's supposed to be him and Holland, right? The next yep. generation. And all, all we hear now is Holland, 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 yep. Holland. Maybe he just feels left out, Mbappe does, and he's saying, you know what, I need to go somewhere where I will just continue to shine and, and everyone will talk about me. In that case, Mbappe, the Premier League is the location, and we have a number 11 shirt open at Chelsea. Todd Bowley seems to want a superstar. I wouldn't be against So, Rahul, you take him? You're taking him at Chelsea? I wouldn't be against it, but the drama has to stop. And hopefully Thiago Silva can stop that drama behind the scenes because he's worked with him. And we can have Mbappe, who has taken a picture in a Chelsea shirt before as a youngster, had tried, I believe, at Chelsea. So, you know, you never know. This this might work out and I'll I'll be the first one to buy that shirt. <laughs> And if that's the first sign of an interview that comes out after midseason, I think you'll be the first one complaining about Mbappe as well. But look, enough about Mbappe. Back to Obama Yang. Amazing to have a number nine that finishes. We want him to continue, and hopefully he can continue and stay fit. I think that's the key thing, because those flips he's doing are absolutely terrifying, in my opinion. I think he's showing his age a little bit. Do you want him to continue doing a flip and celebrate with him, or do you want him to just keep his feet firmly on the ground? Obama Yang, if you're listening, I love you. You've been doing great. <laughs> but if we want this to continue, I think we need to go with more of a simple celebration. Pull out a mask. Pull out something go. else. Don't do the flip. Let's keep <laughs> your joints intact. Let's keep you intact, because the number nine curse still is out there. Uh, even though Potter's magic is holding it off, Let's keep it safe and let's continue the goal scoring. And and you know what? You might end up with the trophy or two or three. Uh, not trying to get carried away. Just I jokes know, aside, right. I think let's let's stop the flips. Thierry Henry said it too. Uh, at 33, I think it's it's better that he just does other celebrations. 
listen, Chelsea fans that are on the close edges to the pitch, y'all better carry some Spider-Man masks, some, <laughs> some you know, Black Panther masks. Yeah, and just start, thro- start throwing that towards him whenever he scores because we can't have him doing what he's doing with the flip and getting injured. <laughs> but, look, you know, one last thing on Aubameyang. I think he's a happy-go-lucky personality, and I think you don't want to take that away from him. I think he just exudes joy when he plays, and those celebrations he does, although a little bit risky, it- it's him. It's his personality that comes out of... I'm flamboyant, I'm excited, I'm joyous. And so as long as he doesn't get injured, look, keep doing what you're doing, keep scoring goals, and we'll go from there. Uh, Rahul, I want to talk a little bit about some positives that happened. We can talk a little bit about the second half, but it wasn't too much. I think Chelsea just went into neutral gear. A couple of subs come on. We talked about Aubameyang, we talked about Kepa, but one guy that we haven't talked about, and he only played 45 minutes and may even have been the man of the match. He did. He got it. He got it. (laughs) It's Mason mount he took a lot of stick in the first six odd games but are we seeing the return of the mason mount that we know and love we we most definitely are and two assists against wolves one here uh in in milan and three assists in two games and all of a sudden we're talking about how mount can't be dropped uh <laughs> he's he's the key to this attack and and that's credit to him because we know what he can bring i know he may have been a little exhausted mentally physically because he has played a lot, not just for us, for England too. Uh, but he's kind of finding his feet now. Obviously, maybe the World Cup is the driving force. Getting a new contract is the driving force. But he's contributing, and, and you have to commend him for that. And and I think he's kind of working well with Aubameyang, with Sterling, but also with our midfield. And he's kind of just taking on the responsibility of saying, you know what, I'll create, you guys finish, and I'm happy doing that because ultimately we win. Wins a penalty. Provides the assist for the second. You can't ask for more. I mean, man of the match, rightly so, after 45 minutes. You know, and two key takeaways from that, right, Rahul? A lot of the pundits and people who are commenting on the game say, at the age of 23, if Mason Mount is this good, and you and I have said this for for years, imagine what he's going to be when he's 28, 29, and getting to the prime of that midfield general that we expect from Mason Mount. That's just exciting to see. But the other side of the coin is that, again, credit to Graham Potter to take him off at 45 minutes and say, Milana down to 10, job done, business over. I'm saving you, son, for next week. And Mason Mount, the little that we know about him from outside as fans watching, as media that go to the games and interview, right? He wants to play every minute of every game. He wants to help Chelsea where he can. And to Graham Potter's credit, it sometimes takes you as the manager to say, son, you performed incredibly. I need your legs rested. Put them up rest them, let the blood come back in. Next game, go again and go again. And look, you have to do that to some of these critical guys and say, there's 60 games for the season. You're going to play some part of every single one of those games, but here's how I balance you out, especially with the World Cup coming in. Absolutely. And and he was on a yellow card. So uh, I think that was smart, not just obviously from the, the resting perspective, but also just playing it safe and saying, Let's maintain our advantage here with with the with the one man, and not a bad substitute to bring in Gallagher, oh, who yeah. basically brings the same energy, same desire and, and determination as Mount. And I think on a different day, maybe we score a third or a fourth, and and it's Gallagher getting involved instead of Mount. But I think we have, and like you were saying, I think earlier when we were talking about the Wolves game, we have a squad here that mm-hmm. a lot of Premier League clubs, maybe apart from Man City, would would kill to have you look at I'm just looking at the bench for the Milan game and you look at Pulisic, Mendy, Loftus-Cheek, 
Gallagher, Aspilicueta, Havertz, Kukurea, Chukumeka, who who made his debut against Wolves, and we didn't even get to talk about that. So there's a lot of good players here. If you keep them happy, keep them involved, keep them motivated, things can things can happen. Again, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. We went from we're going to lose everything under <laughs> Tuchel to now things can happen with Potter. Look, I think the positives is things have turned around. And one thing we need to talk about, we'll, we'll get into the negatives a little bit because I think it needs to be discussed. But one thing, Rahul, is, is this Graham Potter that's turned things around? Or is this a natural reaction on the fact that we change managers? We, we've done We've done many an episode where we talk about maybe the highs of after a manager changes. And look, with all due respect to the teams that Potter has faced so far, they're not your Manchester Cities. They're not your Real Madrid. They're not those teams that can come in on any day and say, I don't care if you have a new manager. We're going to smack you to the side and do what we need to do. We've had teams that are relatively straightforward for the most part. I mean, there are bumps with every single team, and we know that Premier League, anybody can beat anybody. But on paper, they're relatively straightforward. And yes, under Tuchel, we may have lost those games because we weren't motivated, we weren't ready. But is this a Potter effect? Is this a Potter spell? Mm. Or is this just kind of the rebound of a new manager so far? I think it's it's a little bit of both. So yes, Crystal Palace away is tough. And we did win that last year 1-0. But I don't know, Jackie, if we win that, if Tuchel's still around. And that's nothing to say against him. I just think the morale, the, the motivation had dropped. It just did need a refresh. And I think Potter, to his credit, has come back, refreshed it from what I've read. He's had individual conversations with each single player. So that kind of rejuvenates you as a player, as a, as a, as a human being, that someone new is saying, I'm going to give you a chance. You're going to get to play. You're going to get to impress. But on the flip side, he's also making the changes on the, on the pitch in, the, in terms of tactics, in terms of allowing freedom to the attacking guys, which we may not have seen under Tuchel. And, and if Tuchel was here and we had lost those games, we wouldn't be saying Tuchel out or we wouldn't be saying, um, you know, he's not getting the job done and he needs to be lead. But I think Potter has come in. It's a tough situation for him. It We've is. spoken about it. It's a, it's a huge step up, but he's getting the results. He's getting performances. And, and that's all you can ask for at this point. Uh, and maybe the Premier League games have been straightforward, as you said, but I don't think the two Milan games have been, Jackie. The pressure was fully on us. We came in at, at the bottom of the table mm-hmm. and we now sit top with the ability to qualify after the next game, which I don't think a lot of fans and you and I had thought of when we drew and lost the first two games. Listen, I wanted to talk about negatives, but you found a way to spin it so quickly into a positive. But let me come back to some of the negatives because you've made some fantastic points. Maybe you can change my mind on a few of these. I still think as a team... Specifically in the Milan game, we missed too many. You alluded to that with Conor Gallagher. So that's one point I want you to talk about. The other thing is, even though we're keeping clean sheets for the most part, defensively, there's still a lot of cares, uh, scares, which is hence the praise on Kepa. There are too many players making it through. There are too many shots making it through. There are too many crosses that are making it through. And so I'm wondering there on that piece. And lastly, the big takeaway as a negative is Reese James' injury. It's still early days, so I don't know where that's going to play out, but he's a big, big miss, and we've seen that in previous seasons. We, I mean, Reese James and Prey has been been the, the tactic and the, the motto for a while, uh, but when he's not there, we automatically lose 10, 15, 20% of what he can do on both sides. Now, again, we've seen us play in a back four, which means 
we don't need the wing back to be doing a lot, which may end up being the case over the next week or two, depending on how bad the injury is. From what we've heard and read, it may not be as bad, but you don't want to rush him back. Um, so hopefully it's it's just a limited uh, time out for him because he, in current form and the way he's been playing, has got to be one of the most informed players in the world. I agree. Um, and so missing that will obviously affect you, but with the new manager, with players trying to impress, I think it. If there was a time to, for it to happen, now would be it. Hopefully, it's nothing too bad, and and we get him back sooner rather than later. On your other point, Jackie, about missing too much, um, I think as long as we're getting some of them in, <laughs> the missing too much doesn't hurt you because, again, you're putting yourself in the right position. It's it's such a fast-paced game. It's You've got to make decisions split second. Sometimes you're going to make the right decision. Sometimes you're going to make the wrong decision. Sometimes a goalie is going to pull off a blinder and, and save it. That's just part of the game. As long as we're getting two, three like we have been, if you miss a couple, that's fine. But when we were back a month ago, we were missing five, six, and getting none. Yeah. Then you're in trouble. And I think your final point was defensively. I mean... I hear you, right? And I'm thinking the same thing. But when I look at the stats, two shots on target against Wolves from Wolves against Chelsea. So Wolves only shot twice against on target against us. Milan, once. And I'm going to go back here to Crystal Palace, uh, which was the first game back. And, and, you know, stats don't always tell the full story. Of course, of course. You you found a way to kind of bring the silver lining out on anything. You made some fair points, right? Because... If we're winning, keeping clean sheets now, as Chelsea fans, as guys that do this podcast and as people in the media, we start to look for things that we would not necessarily look for a month ago. Because at that point, we're losing one nail in in Croatia. And we said, who cares if we miss six? We lost one nail. We're not going to analyze that we missed six. But no, I think it's a good way to bring us back into maybe a positive mindset. So for you, the spell continues. I've seen that. It's going to continue <laughs> for a little bit. Uh, any wrapping up thoughts on AC Milan at man of the match, maybe? I mean, look, Mason Mount, but Thiago Silva, that man. I feel like any game you ask me, I'll be like, Thiago Silva. <laughs> <laughs> so keep that in mind because we're going to move into Villa now. And I'm going to ask you for your starting 11. But do you have some insights on the Villa game for us? before? Yeah, we so I mean, we, yeah, we play Villa away this weekend, which I mean, growing up watching Chelsea, Villa away was always tough yeah fireworks red cards i remember going four, there with... four one christmas i think yeah yep. but then you think about it lampard breaks the record there and it's it's just <laughs> it's just up and down but last season we did win there mr lukaku popped off the bench and, and performed and uh right after that everything went south but chelsea won six of their last eight premier league away games against villa which points to a good uh good omen for this weekend steven gerrard is in massive pressure uh, he came in last, I think around this time last year, last season, and got them a little bit of a bounce. But I think since towards the end of last season, they've kind of just been on the down. And, yep. and I think if he doesn't get a result here, he may be he may be in trouble, which wouldn't be the first time where he has a negative impact after a Chelsea game. <laughs> Ouch. But yeah, go on. <laughs> um, so no, that that's kind of what I wanted to share. I mean, Graham Potter on a good run. We haven't conceded since the Crystal Palace game, so hopefully that continues. Uh, and three points here would be great because we are trying to keep up with the three ahead of us, which are Arsenal, City, and Spurs. So uh, Sunday morning we'll be we'll be watching, and hopefully we can get the first goal. 
make Villa a little more uneasy, make their fans a little more uneasy and kind of cruise to a two or three goal lead. Does Potter go for a four at the back, three at the back? What formation he's playing? And then run me through your starting 11, please. Yeah, I think if Reese James is out, like I was saying, I think we go with a four uh, because that allows maybe the attacking players to, to contribute ahead. So Kepa continues. I think Aspilicueta comes in. Uh, it feels hard to say this, but I think Chaloba misses out. But he also has a great record where we haven't lost a game when he plays. So... <laughs> If we're talking about spells and omens, maybe maybe he plays. But I think Thiago and Kulabali uh, with Kukurea in in the back four. Kovacic, Loftus-Cheek, who has been great. I think he got rested uh, in the Milan game. Yep. So he should come back in. And then Mason, Sterling. This is where I feel if you're going to give an opportunity to Pulisic again, yeah, yeah. this might be the time. But it's... That, that that's the tough part is you bring in Sterling who has a record of scoring and, and doing great in the Premier League. So how do you drop him? But again, this is this is what you get for playing at Chelsea. So if Pulisic comes in, I, I would be okay with them. I think Ty Havertz and Aubameyang. But yeah. Jackie Gallagher might come in too because we want that energy and we want to close them. We want to force them into mistakes and Mountain Gallagher would be great at that. Look, I don't want to be in Potter's shoes because it's a good problem to have finding these guys who are hungry, who are excited, who want to prove something to go to the World Cup. So you definitely have some guys. Obama Yang plays a lot of minutes so far. And so maybe Broha breathes down his neck. Maybe Kai Havertz takes the number nine and you'd get to see Pulisic, Sterling, and then Mason. Some combination of those guys in there. So uh, tough to predict, but I think you've gone for maybe a safe lineup with guys who have been performing, who have been getting assists, who have been getting goals. So uh, I, I can't argue too much with it. Thiago Silva Rahul, can he do back-to-back-to-back games? I think he was actually asked this as far as he was dropped for one of the games, and Thiago Silva says, Potter knows well, I'm 38, I can't play as much. But anytime he's called upon, I think that man plays like he's 18, not 38. Do you think he can play another game? Thiago Silva can do anything he puts his <laughs> mind to. So if he says he's playing, he's playing. But And you're giving him a contract? I'm giving him whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, it's... For the longest time as Chelsea fans, we were told over 30, we'll give you yep. one, was it two years maybe and nothing one else? One year, that's it. Never two-year extension, a one-year extension only. And Thiago Silva just throws that out the window and you say, give this man what he wants because he can continue for another three, four years. I know his goal is to go to 40. And, and of course, after the World Cup, that might change the, the level of determination, which I doubt. But you never know if he wins it. That's the only thing that might be missing from his cabinet. But again, a year, maybe another... Two years, I'm totally fine with that. And, and the guys that are around him, Rahul, you've got Chaloba, you've got, um, uh, not Aspilicueta, I'm sorry, Reese James, Chilwell, even Kuku and, and Fofana all have somebody legendary to learn from. So I definitely see value in keeping him on. That will be down to Boley and what they want to do long term. For this particular game, Villa, Gerard struggling. What's your scoreline prediction, my friend? I want to predict a clean sheet. Okay. But I don't know, man. Villa away has always left me. I'm going to go for a 3-1 to Chelsea. 3-1 to Chelsea. I actually was going to go with a similar scoreline, but I'm going to go for a 3-0. I think that we have it in us. I'm hopeful that Kepa's engagement is going to keep him at this point where he's staying at no goals conceded. So I'm excited for that. Before I pass it back to you to talk a little bit about the women's and take us home, I'm going to run very quickly through the table. Uh, Arsenal in first, like you alluded to, with 24 points. They're having a blinder of a season. 
Manchester City really close to them with 23 points, just a point behind. Antonio Conte's Tottenham in third with 20 points, so they're up in the mix. We're in fourth, Rahul, with all the stress and problems that we had complaints with Thomas Tuchel. We've managed to stay in fourth with 16 points and a game in hand. If we win that game in hand, we really do seem like we're in that top four battle. And, you know, for all of the the pain that Manchester United have been feeling, they are in fifth with 15 points. And at the bottom, Leicester City feeling the, the pressure there with only four points in 20th. Nottingham Forest with all those purchases, they're sitting there with only five points in 19th. And in 18th place, Diego Costa and Wolves with six points. Hey, we... we... I'm not going to say anything. Let's just let's just move <laughs> on. Uh, but yeah, I do want to just want to quickly run through the Chelsea women. So they're they're back from the international break, uh, where we've seen the England team beat the U.S. women's team, uh, and the England team I think are now on a 44 unbeaten game record or something like that, wow. which is which is crazy. Uh, but good things are in the works there, and and Fran Kirby involved, and 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 uh, Millie Bright, and some of the other players. But Chelsea are back this weekend, and they play Everton away on Sunday. Uh, if you're listening to us in the UK and you plan to go, I know Chelsea Women's uh, Supporters Group has a coach ready uh, that will be going. So reach out to them for more details. I don't want to don't want to miscommunicate anything. Uh, and then they have the Champions League game against PSG away, which is a big one on Thursday. So. The big games are coming uh, for the for the women's team, but another big news is you may have heard it, you may have not heard it, but we're the uh, um, title sponsor for the King's Meadow Chronicle, uh, which is the first ever fanzine uh, magazine kind of thing for the women's team, and it will be on sale this weekend, I believe, starting this weekend online and at the game. So check it out, uh, and big shout out to our friends. Dean uh, and uh, the King's Meadow podcast for putting it together and hopefully you'll enjoy the content uh, and we'll look forward to kind of distributing that over the course of this season. That wraps it up, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us. It's at the Premier Chels on all podcast providers and YouTube and on Twitter, it's at Premier Chels. Uh, And we will be back later this week with the Villa Review and the Premier League because Jackie games are coming and we have a Premier League game next midweek uh, preview. But until then, stay safe and up the Chels. Hey, guys. The Premier Chels is sponsored by Kickoff Coffee. They are a top-quality artisanal roasted coffee. In other words, they're Champions League winner and Premier League winner every single time. They deliver fresh bags directly to your home, so you don't have to go to a coffee shop and pick up something. And the best part about them is every bag gives back to soccer charities. 10% of the proceeds go to organizations that use soccer to promote youth social development in the underserved areas. Use our code TPCOFFEE15 to get 15% off your order. You can order at kickoffcoffeeco.com or check out the links on our social media. Thanks.